Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Happy holidays right here at A Better Way to Farm, where we help farmers increase yield and improve profitability. Guys, we're excited to do the 12 days of nutrients. We are now on day four. Of course, it's in the spirit of the 12 days of Christmas. Let's talk about calcium. And guys, the first distinction that I want to make is there is a difference between calcium and pH. And a lot of people, they just work it from the pH side. And as long as their pH is 6.3 to 6.8, somewhere in there, they're happy and they're calling it a day and calling it good. They are not the same thing. One of the problems that we have is is that magnesium will actually shove pH up. And in a really high mag soil, the pH that we do have may actually be coming from the magnesium, not from the calcium. And we need the calcium. Here on our own farm, last year we applied quite a bit of lime. But the crazy part is in applying that lime, we really didn't change our pH very much. We just lowered our mag levels because it drove some of the magnesium off. We're going to have to reapply lime again as we attempt to get our calcium where we want it. Now, so the question becomes, where do you want it? And the fact of the matter is this. Calcium, like potassium, the amount that you need is relevant to your CEC, to the cation exchange capacity. Let me give you an example. Again, I'm working off of table 167. This is a great one-page deal you should download and study to make yourself more money. In regards to calcium, if you have a CEC of 10 and your calcium is 1,200 parts per million, you're at the upper end of the medium level, getting almost ready to drop off into the high level. If your CEC moves to 20 instead of 10, and your calcium is 1,200 parts per million, now you're considered very low. So the CEC is super relevant. As you know, the CEC is the cation exchange capacity. It's the ability of how much the, the soil can hold. I always use the example of a bowl of cherries. If I have a great big bowl, I can hold a lot of cherries in it. If I have a medium-sized bowl, I can hold a middle amount of cherries. If I have a little bitty bowl, I can only hang on to a few. Well, a CEC of five is kind of like a breakfast bowl that you would eat your cereal out of. And a CEC of 30 is like a two-gallon bowl that you could cook in or make bread in or do those kinds of things that require something really big. So I'm not moving from 5 to 30 here. I'm just moving from 10 to 20. A lot of guys are farming in both those. We have a lot of people who are farming with a CEC of 10. And a lot of guys that are doing 15, a lot of guys at 20. But the difference between 10 and 20 is this. To be in the upper end of medium at a CEC of 10, I need 1,200 parts per million. To be at the upper end of the medium on a CEC of 20, I've got to move up to about 2,600. In other words, I have to more than double. But the flip side is if I get too much in there, if I have a CEC of 10 and I run it up to 3,500 parts per million, now all of a sudden I'm way too high and therefore that comes in with other problems. Then our base saturations get off and you know that's not a good thing. You know, the base saturation is another place to look for this. But guys, one nutrient doesn't do it. It takes them all. And not everything will be perfect. Trivia question. Okay, let's back up. We know that the, I guess the, it depends on who you talk to, but somewhere between 65 and 85% is the base saturation people want to see on calcium. I'm probably more of a 75 to 80 guy on calcium. 
You know, I'm going to want to see your magnesium somewhere between 12 and 18. I'm going to want to see that potassium. I would like to see it up there, you know, 4 to 5%. But sometimes the world isn't perfect. Sometimes it, and it defies the odds. For instance, trivia question. World record dryland corn production, 442 bushels per acre. What do you think the base saturation rate was for calcium on that farm? The answer, 50%. 50%. Now, the organic matter was over seven. So there were a lot of things that were working for it. But just saying you got it, you, you don't got to do anything. We want to aim for, we want to direct at, we want to do the right things. Do we want the right ratio? Yeah. In a perfect world, we would love to have a ratio of four parts calcium to one part magnesium. That'd be ideal. I'm looking for a range between three to five. We know that it gets upside down. If mag becomes one-to-one with calcium, whole bunch of new headaches. We're going to talk about magnesium later in the series. Four-to-one is the perfect range. But that doesn't mean we're going to be able to adjust it and get it there. It may just mean we have to farm around it. So how do we farm around it? Well, the first thing we want to do is let's talk about We do want the pH as correct as we can get it. Don't get me wrong. Some of my guys up north... You know, you guys are farming pH as a 7.2, 7.5, Whole new ball game. Very different from here. And we are not going to drive that calcium out of that soil. It's just not going to happen. What are we going to do? We're going to farm around it. That means because that calcium is there, we're going to have to row play starter. Because in those high pH applications, we almost always see a low P1 and a very high P2. There's a lot of phosphorus in the soil, but it's not water-soluble. And it's not available until it really warms up. And so that's one of the ways we farm around it. If you live in the part of the world that I do, where what you have to do is come in and say, all right, what are we going to do here to work around this low pH, low calcium we have? We're going to apply lime. And then the question becomes, what kind of lime? I got some really good friends out in Nebraska. In the out west, they have low mag levels. They've got really low mag levels. And so their mag is less than their potassium. So we got to figure out how to farm around that. And we'll talk about how to do that later. But the deal is when they buy lime, they need to buy the what they call dolomatic or high magnesium lime. Lime, it has a lot of magnesium in it. Here where I'm at, our mag levels are way too high, way off the chart. So when we're buying lime, we need to find lime that is calcitic or basically pure calcium with no magnesium in it. And here's what I can almost guarantee you. Wherever you live, the quarry closest to you has the lime that is wrong invariably because if you live in an area where you have high magnesium, the local quarries probably have high mag lime because that's what's in your area. And so you need to truck that 30, 40, 50, 60 miles. Everyone's like, I don't want to do that, It's but it's right here. You know, the quarry is two miles away. I get that, but that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And so we want to make sure that if we have high mag soils, we're looking for calcitic lime. If we have low mag soils, we're looking for dolomatic or high mag lime. And what we're gunning for is to get those parts per million in the right spot to try and have it, you know, so a CEC of 15, what are we looking for to be high? 189 to 230 parts per million. So we've got to be looking at that and saying, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to get there? Another thing about lime is this, it is really important that it be a fine grind. I get these guys, oh, I got this really cheap lime. Well, yeah, it's chips. It's the same thing we line our barn with when we get ready to start calving, you know, and it's it packs down really good, makes almost like a concrete. And five years from now, 
Those chips are still laying there. You'll walk through the field and still see them. What are we looking for? What's important in lime? Good quality lime. We want something that's ground into a powder so that it can become water soluble and move very quickly. Ideally, all of your lime will go through a 100 mesh screen, somewhere between a 100 and a 200 mesh screen. That's what we're looking for in order to make that work. Why do we want to do it? Well, a couple things. But as our pH tends to get really low, we become susceptible to toxicity of aluminum, magnesium, and copper. That does not mean those are bad nutrients. They're very needed. And most people, especially the manganese, aluminum, manganese, and copper, and most people today are deficient in manganese and in copper. However, we want to have that soil right so that we don't get this toxicity with aluminum. And so we want to have the right pH there where it's at. What are the deficiencies of a calcium or signs of a calcium deficiency? Well, the first thing you'll notice, or one of the main things is, is that your corn leaves won't unfold. We used to call them whips, where they grow and you'd have all these leaves still stuck together. Now, it can be caused by other things. It can be caused by chemical carryover. It can be caused by some other things, but it's a very good indicator that our calcium is not sufficient. Oftentimes, the real problem with trying to diagnose a calcium deficiency is because there's a chart that shows you the availability of nutrients, and almost all nutrients are most available, best available at that pH between 6.3 and 6.8. And as we go off of either end, all of a sudden that pH starts to change how available those nutrients are. When we get into a really low pH, we see guys with a 5.5, a 5.8. And now there are a lot of other nutrients that get bound up in the soil that don't become available. And so therefore, the plant has another deficiency, not a calcium deficiency. However, that deficiency was caused by a calcium deficiency. And so it's important that we go in and that we study this and that we get the right amounts in there. Do we want our pH right? Absolutely. Yes, we do. We want it to be, if it's within our ability, we want it between 6368. All right. If we already have a high pH, if God gave us dirt that's 727882, then we're going to farm around that. We're going to use ammonium sulfate. We're going to make sure we row place starter. We're going to do the things that we can do to help, but we're not going to change it. If we have low pH, we're going to get the right line, whether it's dolomitic or calcitic, and we're going to apply it. We're going to get that calcium, that pH up where we want it. And we're going to get that calcium in parts per million where we want that too. As I was doing my study in here with this, uh, Neil Kinsey's the only guy I'm going to quote today, but he talks about some of the things in managing pH. It's important to understand that pH is influenced by four elements, calcium, magnesium, potash, and sodium. And we have to know how much of each one is in there before we can design the program for liming. Magnesium, pound for pound, will raise the pH up to 1.67 times faster than calcium. So magnesium will drive it up even though it does not give us adequate calcium. And we want to make sure that we're getting that right. I thought it was interesting that he said an imbalanced equilibrium of calcium and magnesium permits organic residues to decay into an alcohol. And that becomes a sterile to bacteria and then turns into formaldehyde, which obviously kills everything in the soil. And so that's one of the things we want to look at. Under these circumstances, larger and increasing amounts of nitrogen and other fertilizer minerals will be required just to maintain crop yields. Guys, also remember this, large applications of nitrogen consume larger amounts of calcium, as well as they burn up crop residues in humus. 
You can get a yield increase for a few years from that stored up wealth of humans, but eventually you're going to have to build that account back up because of your withdrawal. What's he saying? He's saying everything that we do matters. And one of the mistakes that might have been made early on in in farming here over the last 60 years was we figured out that if we put on a lot of nitrogen, we could increase yield. And we did for a short period of time. But overusing nutrients is just like using methamphetamine. If we overuse nitrogen today and we get a good yield increase and we overuse it next year and we get a good increase, it's no different than taking a little bit of meth and you feel really good as I understand it. You take a little more, you feel really good. In both instances, somewhere down the road, it's going to take a lot to get the same result. That's why we see all the people hooked on methamphetamine look like they look because they started with a little and now they have to do a lot. And ultimately what happens if they don't quit? They die. Nitrogen is fairly similar. You put a lot on, you get a good response, but you burn up your humus, you burn out your calcium. And so next year you have to put on more and then the next year more. If I'm the guy selling you nutrients, I love this plan of you being a moron. I just love it. You put on more and more and more. You put on more N, more P, more K. And next year, what's that do? That means you need more N, more P, more K. And 10 years from now, you need an astronomical amount of N, P, and K in order to do the deal. That's why we've seen this big, all this talk about soil health and figuring out what we've got to do and how is it that we're going to restore our soils You've heard me talk about the article that came out. It said, does your soil need rehab? And I absolutely said, no, your soil does not need rehab. You do. The soil is fine. The only thing that's wrong with the soil is what we've done to it. Rehab is for quitters. We've got to quit putting on too much nitrogen. We've got to quit using the wrong product. We've got to quit using it in the wrong way. We've got to quit using it at the wrong rate. And we've got to revert back everything that we did that took out our organic matter and burnt out our calcium We need to review the calcium. Let's replace it. It's not that hard to do. It's a fairly cheap nutrient. So let's go ahead and get our calcium right. And when we do that, a lot of things will take care of themselves. One of the things that I do find interesting is I see all of these people and one guy, he tries this new biological or some product and he just gets this killer response to it. Okay. And so the company that sells the product comes out and they go, hey, looky here, we got 40 bushel with this product right here on this farm. What does that mean? It means nothing. It means that farmer got 40 bushel. That's why any product testing has to be done in a lot of different locations, in a lot of different soil types. We have a product. I will not tell you which one it is. I can tell you out in Wyoming where their pH is really screwed up and high that if you apply this product at about an $8 bill, it will pick you up 40 bushel of corn for eight bucks. Now, am I gonna tell you this product gets you 40 bushel? No, because the lion's share of you don't have the farm where that's going to happen at. So we've gotta make sure that products that we're testing, and I say this about biologicals because biologicals are going to respond very differently in the presence or absence of different calciums. If we don't have enough calcium, Maybe there's some biological, it doesn't live very long because our calcium's low, but we got enough in there that it made a difference and it really helped. And if we had the perfect calcium in parts per million, we wouldn't have needed the biological. There are other biologicals that you're going to put on and they're not gonna work at all if your calcium levels are too low because they need the calcium in order to survive. Those biologicals might be good biologicals. They might really, really work You know, some competitor, he sees this test 
I had you try some biological and it got zero response and the competitor instantly says this product don't work. That doesn't mean that either. It means that product doesn't work in this application. What we need to know is, guys, when someone's trying to sell us a product, we need to say things like, hey, what would be the perfect parts per million of calcium in order to ensure this product will work the best? And if they look at you and go, uh, then keep walking, okay? Because it's as important to know where a product will not work as it is to know that it works part-time. Actually, knowing that it works part-time is very dangerous. And we want to make sure that we've got that down. But guys, the calcium thing is foundational. Yes, it's one of the secondary nutrients. You know, we've got the big three, NPK, and then we've got your secondaries with calcium, magnesium, and sulfur. And then we're going to get off into the micros and talk about those. But, you know, calcium is big and actually probably needed in a greater volume than we do P and K. And it's definitely something that we want to address the calcium before we start putting on a lot of fertilizer. Because if we don't, then we're not going to get the response to the fertilizer that we deserve. And guys, it's important to understand. Everybody says, well, calcium's a really slow fix. You know, you put it out there and it's a long time getting it. There is some delay. And the real problem with it is this. As we watch our pH start here at 6.8 and our pH starts to drop, the yield curve for our corn or our beans continues to follow the drop until we get down here. Right here, we decide, hey, man, it's 5.8. We better do something. So we put on some lime. Now, if we put on a really fine mesh ground, 100 to 200 mesh screen, it jumps up pretty quickly. If we put on chips, then what happens is we just kind of stay right here at this low spot on the yield curve at 5.8. And then gradually it'll start to come back up very slowly. If you want to speed that up, use a finer grind. Use a higher quality lime. One other thing we can do to farm around it, I had some guys this year, they rented farms the pH was terrible. The farms had not been well taken care of. They're like, what are we going to do? Well, guys, one of the things that calcium does is calcium is responsible for cell wall strength. When we have cell division, if we have adequate calcium, those walls do not implode. You know, basically, calcium is utilized for cell division and formation. It's involved in metabolism of nitrogen. It increases fruit set and it stimulates microbial activity. But that deal with the cell walls is pretty important because here's the deal. When that baby seed germinates and we start cell division and one cell turns into two and two turns into four and four turns into eight, eight turns into 16 and 16 turn into 32, it's really important that none of those cell walls implode because what happens if we went from one to two and two to four and 48, eight to 16 and 16 to 32, that's good progression. But if we went from one to one, because one of them imploded, and we went from one to one again, and one of them imploded, now by the third generation, instead of being at 32, we're at eight. And so it's really important to have adequate calcium, in the, especially in the beginning of that little baby plant's life. And so what do we do? We put a pint of our chelated calcium right in the seed trench. It will not, make no mistake, people who tell you you're going to fix your pH like this will probably lie to you about other things, okay? We're not going to fix your pH. We are going to provide some plant-available calcium for a short period of time to help that baby get up and get moving and get rolling. And that's one of the ways we can farm around this when we need an instantaneous help to get around a bad situation. So guys, calcium is important. It's one of those things that we could study and study and study. At our Fundamentals of Agronomy program, we spend a 
about an hour on this. It's very in-depth. It's very informative, and it helps you to make some money on your farm. So I want to encourage you to, I would love to meet you in Madison, Wisconsin here on Thursday and Friday or Kearney, Nebraska, Monday and Tuesday. I'm really looking forward to coming to Nebraska and seeing all my Nebraska fans wearing their yellow shirts. That's going to be a big time. That's worth the ticket. Come on down. On the next Thursday and Friday, we're going to be in Bettendorf, Iowa. So if you'd like to make one of those and learn a little bit more about this and see, uh, get to know us, that'd be great. You can reach me with a text or a phone call at 641-919-1206. You can hit us up with a message right here. Guys, I appreciate you tuning in. I really do. And uh, it's an honor to get to be a part of your day. And I hope that you do have the merriest of Christmases. And I hope you are having a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.